everybody and welcome to the Vegan Alliance podcast episode 17, about six months since our last podcast. I've got Amy with me here again tonight. Hello, Amy. G'day. We've, uh, we weren't actually going to do uh, another podcast uh, because we've been quite busy with other things, but we've decided that we're going to keep it going because we quite enjoy it. Uh, we've got, had a lot going on in the last six months, so uh, we thought we'd share what we've been up to and a little bit of history about the Vegan Alliance, which probably haven't talked about before uh and we've got a bunch of new projects so we really sort of want to go into those and uh we've had been having some great discussions with people online so we thought let's just share it in full so um yeah i guess should we just get started yeah i think um what's the agenda for tonight what are we going to talk about well you kind of just said it but the first thing we're going to talk about, I thought we could tell everyone about how you started the Vegan Alliance. Okay. Um, you started it as something else and you started it without me. And then we met and I kind of, we changed it a bit and um, the not the direction, but the, like it's grown a lot, but the flavor of it changed. Well, things, things change. So, we've, yeah. and, you know, our circumstances change. So there's quite a lot of uh i guess the direction mm. just naturally had to so how did you start it tell the story from the beginning all right well let's just get straight into it i guess um so i used to run a clothing label uh it was called trust comes tough and it was actually a clothing label based around my own kind of lifestyle choices so uh, sober living and veganism and i used to just do that on the side from me touring with musicians i used to just i used to just print a bunch of stuff and then just sell it online and i'd ship it when i was home and i just got a bit of satisfaction out of having a kind of hobby business i guess you would call it but you did some some of it was like you did some runs for charity and yeah stuff, i did so. a few runs for like i did a i remember i did an animal liberation front shirt uh, that i donated some of the um i donated all the portion uh, sorry the whole portion of the uh, profits to the, uh, a charity i can't remember which one i donated it to didn't you donate to Walter Bond as well? I did. Actually, that's the one I did to Walter Bond. I did it to Walter Bond. If anyone doesn't know who Walter Bond is, he is an animal rights activist who's currently incarcerated for burning down a leather factory and a foie gras. Is that how you say? Foie, 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 foie gras? Foie gras. It's foie a hard gras. one to say. The one with the... the <laughs> because it's stupid. It's a stupid. It's the one with the, the, one with the ducks that get, uh, and the geese that get force-fed. So mm. um, he burnt down those restaurants. He's been incarcerated for 12 years in Colorado, I think. He's like the OG... XVX. Yeah, which is vegan straight vegan edge. Straight edge. So that's what like why Luke always says XVX. And if you ever see anyone with that, like it kind of means vegan straight edge, and it's a subculture out of the hardcore and punk scene. But that's kind of where I got into veganism. So anyway, we did some runs. I did a run for Walter Bond. I remember mm. I did a uh, anti Tony Abbott shirt once, and I donated all the funds to a. Um, uh, the Bright Youth Foundation. The Bright Youth Foundation, who help uh, Indigenous youth uh, with sort of creative projects like music and um, art and that and, kind of stuff. And that was kind of when we met. So when we met, um, I was working full time. You were still touring, and then in between tours, you would do that to get a bit of extra cash. And then I kind of liked some of your t-shirts, and we just kind of said one day, "Why don't we change it up a bit and make it all vegan um, merch?" Because back then so when was it 2012 2013 uh, i think we started in about 2015 2016 oh. the vegan alliance oh really i actually can't remember no it's longer than that no, no it's, it's no, way longer than that no it was i switched to the vegan alliance in 2015 2016 okay. and it was because i 
you used to do a lot of straight edge stuff, which is yeah. obviously sober living stuff. And it's a pretty niche market these days. Probably back 10, 15 years ago, it was pretty popular. So I used to, it's you for know, like old people. Yeah, a, a lot of uh, <laughs> older kind of punks uh, were into the straight edge movement. So they don't buy as much but, stuff anymore. But we, I think we saw a bit of a gap. This is like before all the, there's a few good vegan merch um, labels now that do some really cute stuff. But um, you, your angle's always been the hardcore kind of thing. And, a bit more militant. And so we thought, um, and then by that time we both had full-time jobs so we kind of said well why we don't need this money like why don't we just use it to fully fund animals and to raise money for for projects or for organizations when we first started we like. i think it was when we first started uh it was more to just donate to charities we liked yeah, um, but, so, but it was only charities that we'd visited, like that we'd been to, that we that we knew. Also, we'd had some association with. Yeah, because yeah. we wanted to be able to verify where and, the money um, went. It 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 kind of the, the way it switched over is one day I literally just changed all the social media um, profiles from Trust Comes Tough to the Vegan Alliance, and uh, I started doing mostly just repost stuff on the Instagram, and uh, it started gaining a little bit of traction because around then there was there was a bunch of like um, vegan, like you know, I'm definitely not the first. Um, vegan kind of um, Instagram page, but there wasn't it, as many. It, well, that, that's also just because veganism has blown up in the past two years. It was true, so it was it was it was still sort of a bit more of a niche interest at the time. Uh, and, and you kind of posted brutal stuff. I like, posted all the brutal stuff. I shared all the stuff from all the more militant accounts, and I guess a lot of the I started posting like little white tiles or white or black tiles just with text on them, so no images at all, just with statements, and they were oh, it was always pretty brutal mm. about what i said and it caused a lot of controversy but it just gained a lot of traction mm. and then i think when it gained that amount of traction and then we kind of started implement uh, sort of including the merch into it we started thinking hey we could really raise some good funds here yeah and so after donating to a bunch of sanctuaries and a bunch of uh um different charities that we liked uh, villa kitty um who else, we, have we, who else have we done? Well, the biggest ones, a couple of them, I don't want to say because we don't support them anymore and I don't want to get into why, but yeah, we donated big... Lots of money, yeah, like thousands. I, and the thing is, we're, we're so busy, we actually, we don't do the bookkeeping as as well as we should. I That's mean, true, yeah. <laughs> we kind of do, but... We, we do, but I we used to post, oh, you know, we donated this much here and there, and it, it's thousands, like, it's thousands per well, we year. We know who but, we donate to, but the exact yeah, figures can be a little bit... We, um, we, do, we just don't know the figures, um, but... Yeah. It just, and just on that, it actually is a really... Uh, doing something like this isn't just like a little hobby. There's actually a oh, lot no. that goes in with it because in amongst like what we do now with all our animals and uh, also the merchandise, um, all the admin that comes along with that, you still got all your finance stuff. And when it comes to tax time, any oh money God, that you've made online, you still got to claim it that. It's such a nightmare. So it's actually because, a lot of work. Yeah, because we currently, it, it's just an ABN, so it's a business. Um, and so obviously that that makes it harder. And we, we will register as a charity when we have time. We, just we will have time. register as a charity just so we can um, you can uh, get some better... Um, Ta- kind of tax, tax deals, but at the moment it's been uh, it's running as a business, mm. which um, which makes the admin harder. But so, anyway, so we used to donate our biggest um, donations were to Villa Kitty Bali, and we still obviously support them so much, and I'll talk about that later. But now we are funding our pig project in Bali and our two cows and our pony, and that's kind of what it's turned into. So basically, it went from donating to some charities and then. Um, so, Fully supporting other charities. Fully supporting other and charities. Now. And now our own uh, animals. 
that's kind of what it's turned into now. So mm. we are super busy and we've got quite a lot of financial commitments. Um, so basically everything people help us with through either donations or purchases on the online store, we put into things like, um, if it's not donating to someone else, we're putting it into things like the feed for our animals, the fencing for our animals, the shelter for our animals. Um, the water, um, the automatic water um, dispenser thing that you made. That's like, right, yeah, yeah. That it's just something every week. It's called week. a ball and cock. Sorry, it's called a ball and cock. Um, automatic and then water feeder. We've got a, we're building the last fence this weekend. And it just costs so much money and, and the time, the time now, like literally, like we both work full time. Every day that we get a day off, we drive an hour each way to go and see Kevin and Derek and not that we mind no but it's basically it's a full commitment it is it's a it's a second full-time job we we get calls every now and then from the people who live next door because kevin's got out over the fence so we have to go up there and uh, get him back in so he doesn't sort of get lost or go into someone's property who might not be so kind to animals and we, we go one or two weeknights as well so it's like three to four times a week at the moment because it's summertime and there's no feed on the ground so he needs extra food and um it's obviously hot, so we want to make sure he's okay. And and I think that that was something we weren't really that prepared for because when we first moved out there, it was winter time. We had this lush green grass. There was grass everywhere, and there was so much water. And he basically didn't really have to worry too much. He mm. had all the feed he could uh, could could uh, enjoy. Just, and now we have we just hard fed him as a treat. But now but now we have two cows, um, and all of a sudden no grass. <laughs> all of a sudden the grass just died. We only had this tiny little shelter. Uh, we really needed to source some water, which we've, we're quite proud of our little efforts with the water sourcing. We actually found a well on the property, managed to pump water from the well into an old tank that we bought. and uh, that Which, which we had three holes in it. Which we've had to patch up. <laughs> um, literally every time we go there, there is something to do. But he's got water, food and shelter now and... And love, endless love. Endless love. And he makes us happy. Like we, we pretty much don't have a life outside of our animals. We finish work, we go up and see the animals, but it just makes us happy yeah. because we know how much um, Kevin, through his kind of story that we've been sharing on Instagram, mm. how happy he actually makes other people. Other yeah. people really, you, you should talk about how like he's sort of uh, uh, sort of affected other people. Yeah. He's, um, we feel really proud of him. Like I, I imagine it's it's the way that people feel about you know their own children and obviously people think you're crazy when you say that but it's we're just so proud of him for everything he does like he puts on weight or he tries a new food or he you know he's just so nice and so kind to everyone that he meets and he makes people so happy um and he makes people realize that cows are really just massive massive dogs um and actually just quickly on that is when he got out one day one of the local farmers when i actually turned up he was out of the paddock and i was like oh shit where's he gone and one of the farmers yelled at me and he said hey he's over here thinking this guy's never going to get that cow back that massive 500 kilo beast because kevin didn't go to him when he was calling him. Yeah. So I went over there, I jumped down uh, over the fence, I went down to the creek and there was Kevin eating off one of the neighbour's fruit trees. And I was like, oh goodness. But as soon as he saw me, he just stopped and looked at me like, couldn't believe, oh my God, there's dad. Chased mm. me all the way back into the yard and the farmer said, oh my God, I can't believe it. He's just like a dog. I'm mm. like, it's because we treat him nicely. Yeah. He, he yeah. knows we're going to look after him. That, yeah. He's as smart as a dog. He, in every way, is like a dog. He's just bigger and we've just... 
as a you know society attached um, a different meaning to him which we're now trying to reset by um, introducing him to people and he's met mostly vegans but he's met meat eaters as well and his followers on Instagram so he's at Kevin the Brahmin um, are not all um, vegetarian or vegan they might just be cow lovers yeah (laughs) Um, yeah so I get a lot of messages about it and um, people are I guess happy to see Kevin's life and Kevin's progress and I I just feel um, grateful that he has so many like friends and supporters and people that care about him so this weekend we're having a working bee we can't we can't do it on our own and and that's something we find really hard is asking for help but we physically can't do it on our own um and people don't hesitate to come up and help so that's and 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 with with the help that we receive it's interesting because we've always been pretty dead set against farmers and uh for obvious reasons but since having kevin we've been in between two farmers Mm. Um, one a kind of hobby farmer the other guy like a serious sheep farmer and when we kind of moved that moved him up there like everyone sort of came around to say hello so we'll actually um, have him at one of our friends properties um, and he's kind enough to donate some of the land that he doesn't use Um, but yeah so there's these farmers that are always out and about and they see us they're doing things and the ones that live right next door to Kevin so Kevin's basically like 10 meters from their front door Mm. uh, we just started talking to them all the time and then they started being really helpful didn't really disclose that we were vegan because we just didn't want that kind of awkwardness because oh, we really after last, time. after last time we had some as soon as the lady found out we were vegan last time where he was staying um she basically kicked us and him out <laughs> so we were a little bit worried about that but they've slowly caught on that we are vegan and they've been nothing but nice they let us go in their shed use their tools they help us all the time uh, they kind of think maybe it's a little bit funny that we're we've got a cow that we're not we're putting this money to we're not mm. we're gonna like eat him but it's that's the interesting thing is the Derek basically came from that situation where he was their cow uh, which they were going to eat and they offered him to us which kind of made us think that perhaps in some way we've helped influence their decision to not kill Derek yeah from seeing Kevin and it's one of those things where we didn't feel it was necessarily the right situation to say something direct that we would usually say um, because these people were so kind and helpful and because of the experience of getting kicked out of the previous land um, we just didn't want any trouble and the the first thing that we have to we have to do is protect Kevin so we just sort of how long has it been? Six months since we've had him there. I always wear long pants so they can't see my they vegan tattoo. They can't see his massive vegan tattoo. I don't wear vegan t-shirts. Like we're just really, really um, cautious. And it was just this sort of slow, gentle, kind of um, subtle, suggestive um, things that we said or did um, until until eventually they said, yeah, we can't, we can't kill him. Yeah. Um, so, and we... We were just stoked because it, it's perfect timing because Kevin needs a friend. So cows are herd animals. From where we where we moved Kevin from, um, he had other cows that he was friends with and it's been the one thing that we haven't been able to give him, um, which is really upsetting for us. 
and for him, you know, and I, I, I we hate leaving him, and we hate and some of the reason he used to jump the fence is just yeah, to, get to obviously it. he'd he'd go and like trace the fruit trees and the big dam that was down there because he'd probably go a bit nicer and... than his his like little water source. Yeah, you know, it's a bit more uh, fresh water, but he he'd go and look at other cows. As look well. at other cows and get close. There was some there was some lady cows that he seemed to like <laughs> at one of the one of the farmers' yards. But anyway, sort of on that, it's it's made us realise that. There's some of these farmers that actually just don't know any better. This is this is how they've been brought up, and as much as we can't justify what they do, and they couldn't justify it to us either, we still kind of realise that there's a lot of education that they need on their behalf to actually and just, sort of understand where mm. we're coming from. So we've taken a different approach, and in some way, it's kind of worked. Like yeah. they haven't stopped eating meat, but they've, they've we've saved a cow that otherwise potentially would have been dinner. Yeah. And today, um, when we were at Kev's, so he's opposite uh, an Angus farm, and the cattle truck came and picked up, um, it was only a small one, but came and picked up some cattle to take them away, um, to be killed, obviously. And it was just kind of like really... Quite bizarre, just really to think bizarre. that they kind of just come and go and pick them up like they're... Nothing. Nothing. And then here's Kevin across, that we literally... Yeah. Across the street, there's Kevin who's going to live his whole life. We spent all this money on just to keep him mm. fed. Uh, I guess in the beginning caused us a lot of stress because we had no fucking idea how to look after a cow. It, it's really hard. If, if anyone is thinking about like getting a cow, it's... <laughs> It's, don't be discouraged. Don't but. be discouraged, but it's the it's a it's a lifetime commitment for twenty years, and it's it's difficult. And sometimes I actually think about it. I think like because we don't live with Kevin, we live down in the city, and he's up about an hour away. And sometimes I think, shit, we've got a cow, like a massive beast of a thing that we care for, and we're actually doing a pretty good job. Like it's not always easy, and in the start, it really stressed me out, didn't it? Because oh, you were a mess, like because. I remember the first... Well, firstly, he was actually fine where he was the first time, but the lady was crazy. So when she kicked us out... If you're listening, if she's listening to this, she'd be like... (laughs) Oh, I don't care if she's listening to this. She sucks. Go vegan, mate. You suck. Um, She (laughs) really stressed us out because she kind of patronised us, made us kind of... When we were up there trying to move him, she was basically just standing there laughing at us and brought her friends up. And it was a really, really awkward and uncomfortable... She kills her own cows. She kills her own cows. And it was really, really horrible. Um, but we didn't have to stress when he was up there because he kind of had everything he needed. But when we moved into the new place, uh, he needed fences and a water starting source. So we're basically starting from scratch. And it was quite stressful. And I. But we, we're not naive, like, because we've done a lot of volunteering at sanctuaries. We never thought it was going to be easy. We just really have had to clear our entire life. And I think it happened at the right time because we're both you know older and we've stopped we don't volunteer anywhere else now we can't really volunteer yeah. anywhere else and like even things like going to like anonymous with a voiceless cube and stuff like that like as, as much as i still would like to support those kind of things and do mm. some sort of like uh more active stuff unfortunately can't. uh well not not really unfortunately like this, this is just the way things have yeah. progressed and this is our own way of um, sticking up for animals yeah. and caring for them no resentment we love it um so that is also kind of what we wanted to talk about is the our 2019 and our direction so what we're kind of focused on yeah yeah. you said at the start luke uh we weren't going to do any more podcasts and we just kind of had felt we kind of felt that it was done and it's good to kind of keep the vibe of vegan and like it's like fresh and stuff and different and when i came 
when I when I came along, I didn't really join straight away. I didn't want it to be my You just kind of helped thing. out and you, you helped me kind of like pat the orders a bit nicer with like, put yeah. a few extra things in but the I, orders. But I and... didn't want to really be involved. But then I think when, after the first vegan festival that we did together, so how many have we done now? Three or two? No, we've done two. two. So after the first one, I think I realised oh, we we're... could probably reach a larger audience with the two of us just because not everybody um, will relate to I, well, that real like militant militant hardcore. i've always been real like militant vegan camouflage black quite brutal whereas amy is still kind of on board with that but you've also i i am yeah i just you're also um sort of uh sort of you have, have some idea of how to appeal to a wider audience yeah. so we can be more effective and and not like um most of the messages most of the messages we get are from that kind of audience that you're um appealing to uh-huh. So I, I kind of feel, um, not to be like, oh, well, is me or anything, but I kind of often feel like my, I, I, just like I shouldn't be involved. And I, I've quit. Like, how many times have I quit? <laughs> well, yeah, there's been a whole bunch of times. I've always been dead set that I want to do this. I'm really yeah. proud of where it's gotten to. Yeah. And there was a time probably about three months ago, and it was like, oh, the Vegan Alliance is done. I'm not doing it anymore. Like, it's too stressful. There's all these idiots that just commenting horrible stuff to us all the time. I mean, we get some horrible stuff. We've said this yeah, yeah. previous podcast but I think it was re- but, it was recently that it was coming from vegans as well yeah and we had some we had some really unpleasant interactions with people and we were just kind of like oh we can't be asked with this like we've got so much else to do maybe we yeah. should wrap it up then we realised that the community that we have behind us and the support that we have for people for the things that we're doing which are really affecting like animals directly as in Kevin and mm-hmm. Derek and our pigs yeah um, it's pretty amazing uh, it's really amazing and we feel like we can create something really really good that other people can share in as well yeah I feel and- really grateful especially for our local community mm. um, there's obviously you know still every every kind of movement has its own issues and whatever but we have a really good local Adelaide community that I think can see um after a recent incident with something um something something kind of went down and uh the 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 sort of uh community kind of got behind us and showed us how much we were supported we really realized how special what we were doing was and and it would just be really ungrateful of us to kind of throw it away yeah and i have to say i have to say the av chapter in adelaide is so supportive of everything that we do like every time we do something everybody from that group is um, is uh, talking about it, helping us promote it. So we, we really have to give them a big shout out because they have been amazing. Um, so our direction for this year, I think, is just to continue what we're doing. But we obviously have a couple of big projects on the go as well. So we've sort of set, we've, we've worked, crunched the numbers a bit of how much it costs us to actually like feed the animals, build our enclosure for the pigs um and sort of cover ongoing costs and also have some money there in case of emergencies yeah um and you know it's it's roughly basically it's around about a thousand dollars a month we need to have to really um keep ourselves afloat and keep the animals afloat Mm. and as much as me and amy would pay it out of our own pocket um we would be probably broke if we had to do it all the time so that's why we are funding it with the vegan alliance so we've kind of set ourselves that target of you know um, trying to ramp up our um, our Sale. online store with some uh, different designs and things yep. that are a bit more appealing so we can keep generating that income to um, keep our animals happy and healthy. Yeah, we've hopefully got um, some interesting collaborations coming up as well. Yep. I don't even know if I've told you about them all yet. Um, Probably not. <laughs> no, but we want to change 
um, I guess change up our approach and add to our approach and do some more exciting stuff because we've always done really basic merch just because we don't have the time or the resources to put in to design something more exciting um but this year we'll aim to do that yeah and uh we always do the vegan uh, festival in adelaide every year sometimes we do oh we've only done it once we've done the vegan festival in melbourne as no, well we've done it twice and adelaide's actually better adelaide re- realistically if we do the adelaide festival once a year along with our online sales that would really basically keep um us our animals um like uh supported, supported as for the well, whole year. yeah as well as villa kitty and and the barley pigs and we, well. we want to be 100 percent transparent with that because we we need money to look after our animals and yeah. we gave so much money to other charities and now essentially we are our own charity that has um, animals that need love and care and food and water we also forget not that we don't not that we forget but we just don't mention arnold and that's our miniature pony and that's not because we don't see him or we don't um pay for him to to live it's just that he is so low maintenance compared to kevin um and arnold lives at forget me not animal sanctuary um so he's pampered he's, he's got love and care he's just like and he's he's going through a real jerk stage where we go he's and, quite mean actually. yeah when we go and see him he's just like he's got such an attitude so yeah arnold is still there um arnold but, is low maintenance which is so funny because we thought he would be high maintenance we can pop up there sort of so we we he's, support him financially he's 20 minutes from kevin we support him financially um we pop up there when we can but obviously kevin is a a little bit more uh <laughs> he's quite high maintenance and that's absolutely fine. It's just we have to sort of uh, pick and choose when we can go up and see yeah. Arnold, unfortunately. But hopefully one day we'll have them all together, together. on our own property. But So we're actually building our house down by the beach, which is really, really poor timing um, because... We kind of wish we were building a yeah. we bought a property in the countryside. We, we bought that land two years ago and we're just building now. And so that was like before we got Kev, Derek and Arnold. Otherwise, we would have just bought, you know, in the hills. So... That's fine. That will be our goal. Wanna... We will eventually live in the countryside and we'll wake up every morning and have breakfast with Kevin and Derek and Arnold. Yeah. Uh, but right now, this is how it is. And get all of the other animals. And we're kind of getting used to it. Like, you know, like we go up in the morning and we feed them and hang out with them a bit. Then we've got our own time to do, you know, go and get ourselves a coffee or something. That's yeah. quite nice. But we, we don't tend to be able to catch up with friends for brunch anymore. That doesn't happen. No, unless we go to Crux on the way. Crux is a good one. If, you haven't, if you're in Adelaide and you're down in the west side, Crux is a small little cafe just down near the beach. It's absolutely amazing. Really small menu, but everything on it is unreal. So, and they're all vegan. And they're, they're, they're quite active. And yeah. uh, they're, they're great they're at kind of telling the, the vegan story to customers who come in who perhaps don't have any idea what it yeah, is. So. it's great. Yeah, really, really uh, stoked that we live so close to them. Cherry Darlings, the uh, bakery just opened up around the corner from us as well, which is unreal. I went there this morning and had a pie and a donut, so I have to be careful not to get fat because I've just lost some weight. But uh, yeah, that's a little bit about um, the food situation the food. in our area, <laughs> yeah, but that's a little get, bit off topic. How did we get onto food? But so, yeah, direction-wise, so basically we've set ourselves a target of what we kind of need to achieve yeah. financially each month. And because... Um, because the f- we have now had to take on some additional financial responsibility for our animals, I still want to, like, we're committed for our lifetime to supporting Villa Kitty Barley. Um, so we'll always do stuff for them. 
yeah, and so this year um, I'm going to put together a, a recipe book. It's going to be a bit different though, not just your standard recipe book, but um, I've got a few cool ideas and it's going to include some nice photography of um, our animals and our friends' rescue animals. And it's going to be those, um, the focus is going to be... Is it healthy or junk food? A mixture, but it's going to be... So all of my like tried and tested recipes, recipes that carnivores like. So the aim of it is going to be for vegans to cook for carnivores. Yeah. Do you know so, what I mean? Yeah, and, to, and to be able to showcase how great vegan food can be yeah. to even the most uh, yeah. uh, staunch of meat eaters. Yeah. And so that, and I've got a couple of friends on board who are super talented in the areas um, that I'm not. <laughs> So, so that's yeah, that's another project which um, we'll do through the Vegan Alliance, yeah. but it'll be Amy's kind of, uh, she'll be taking charge of that. Yeah, and you'll just be doing the taste testing. I'll be doing the taste testing, so that's so another I have, thing. Yeah, I have no idea what's involved in producing a book, and I wanted to do an e-book, but then I just thought... It's nicer to have an actual an thing actual you can book. hold. I'm going to do a book book. Um, so there's that. And I guess that we've mentioned a few times, uh, our, our pigs are a big focus for the Vegan Alliance now. Yeah. Because, uh, also, a, happy Chinese New Year, and it's the year of the pig. So it's fitting, because it is the year of the pig for us, because we'll be sure uh, is. spending a lot of time with our pigs. And people that don't know, we um, basically started uh, going over to volunteer at, sorry, volunteer at Killer Kill Kitty. Villa Kitty. Um, and we started staying at this local... Um, guest house because um we'd, we'd been there a few times we didn't need to stay in nice hotels and also we thought we'll stay close to villa kitty actually became really good friends with the owners there but we we're a little bit weird on their pig situation they had these pigs there and we nearly didn't want to stay there anymore because they were just kept in these kind of yeah. pens and they were dirty and they kept like bagging them up and taking it to like sacrifice Florida. at the temple and uh, they were ripping their teeth out with plies and we we're like this is just not on the after we discovered that we thought well, maybe we won't stay there but we we're kind of like you know what let's let's stay there let's try and see if we can mm. like get them to stop this and never actually thinking it would come to fruition but it kind of has yeah so have we told this story i feel like this is deja vu have we told this uh, uh we may episode? have but let's just let's recap it okay, for the new listeners we'll recap um so what's happened how did, well, how did we get the barley pig? so how it ended up we went in October, I think, yeah, October for our last volunteer trip and our friend who, whose house we stay in picked us up from the airport and it was his wife that was the pig farmer and it's funny because the whole family lives together in this complex and she was the only one that wasn't really nice to us but the rest were nice um, and our friend's vegetarian. Nearly vegan. Yeah. Probably, probably well, 90% vegan. vegan. I he probably says, just don't think he's... Uh, I'm not sure if he probably has a bit of fish sauce or something. That's like, right, yeah. He's like pretty, you know... His he's name is Wyan. He's a very, very nice guy. Um, all of their names are Wyan. That's true. Um, he's, uh, there's a lot of Wyans, but he is uh, the Wyan. <laughs> the, the one Wyan. Um, so anyway, he picked us up from the airport and we were like, how are you? And he said, oh, yeah, good. My wife's left me. And we were like, oh, that's a shame. What's happened to the pigs? <laughs> Which is actually really unusual in, uh, in uh, their culture. He told us that it's not actually very common for yeah. people to get divorced, but his wife had left him. Um, and, and so when he said, yeah, there's no more pig farming happening. And then we got, we went. Which is one bonus. Yeah, we went to bed. Uh, like we got home and went to bed. It was super late. Then we woke up in the morning and I just went to have a look at um, like the pig stalls. So it's similar to if you've ever seen like a grower area in a piggery. So like after the babies come out of the sow stalls. Um, and... Um, 
I was like, hang on, there's two pigs in there, like a mum and a baby. And so I went and asked him and he said, oh, yeah, we don't know what to do with them. Like, she just left and left those two. And the mum had been there for a long time. She's the one who'd been uh, constantly impregnated, yeah. who'd been supplying the restaurants with the baby pigs for Bubba Guling, which is like the local baby pig delicacy. Delicacy. Disgusting. Um, so anyway, we kind of just were feeding them, which is what we've done like the past few times we've been there, like feeding them morning and night. And his family's so lovely and they started coming down and getting involved and they were like, what are you doing? They used to take photos of us and just kind of hang out and, and smile when we feed the pigs because no one's ever been nice to a pig, yeah, basically in Bali. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, what, like, you know, we'd feed them mango and pawpaw and light cheese and bananas. And they'd just say, what do you got? You know, that's really expensive. What Why are you, you wasting all that money doing? on the pigs? And we were like, no, you know, they deserve it. They're just like your dogs because they have a lot of dogs. Um, and then I don't know what happened. Luke, Luke went for a walk and something just came over me and I just got really upset, which is kind of rare for me now I guess and I just thought I can't like we have we have to make something happen um for them and it is kind of true like when you go to Bali especially Ubud you see all these like digital nomad entrepreneur bloody bloggers who are just on this um holiday and they're making that happen without working so (laughs) why can't we make a pig safe and so we just sort of so we found out the family negotiated. We found out the family had a bunch of land around the place, and that's still sort of up in the air at the moment because uh, the first block of land that we were sort of uh, hoping to get from them uh, kind of fell through because of one of the neighbours. So they've got some other ones that we're going to look at in April when we go back. Mm. But basically, we had a discussion with him, and we said, "Look, if we if we can raise some money, can we?" basically secure the pigs so they're no longer commodities and you can't use them for any kind of baby making or you can't well, take, send the pigs off to the baby pigs off to be killed yep so the boys are already sterilized and the mum has gone through menopause they t- they said yeah so um we we agreed to um uh work out a deal so we could we could do that with them um and then we sort of came from the angle saying look if if we can get the money together and actually get a new temporary enclosure until we can secure some land from you guys because obviously that takes a little while Mm. how would you feel about that and they said yeah that would be fine and we kind of came from the angle of if you allow us to do this it will give your family some work which is Mm. it's a big thing you know but employment and stuff in in bali yeah isn't uh well yeah because their income is um dependent on tourism so as soon as something happens like the volcano that it constantly there's no income yeah so if we can basically save these pigs by funding them with a small amount of money for them to care for them which they actually have been really really good with about three times a day they actually spend time with the pigs They've started walking the baby pig yeah. and they feed them fresh fruit and vegetables three times a day. And give them hay and, and the vet came to check them. It's so, still not exactly where we want it because we want them basically out of the pens and into range. a full, uh, big, large, free-range enclosure. Mm. But that's still a work in progress. So yeah. we've got them to a really good stage. That's been the hardest thing. Like, So they built... So we're obviously like making all of this happen via WhatsApp in... Um, we don't speak and any a pretty Indonesian serious language and, barrier yeah yeah and so they kind of redid rather than like make a massive pig enclosure which is what we asked when we were there they kind of just 
knocked down the existing small one and rebuilt it so it's new it's and, new and, and nicer we and they keep like, it clean oh but... god and so yeah so it's new and it's nice and it's clean and they get watered and the food's great now but we're like no we <laughs> we want them to exercise like they're gonna go crazy and it's hard because i get so frustrated but they're they just don't know. So, but yeah. you actually put it to them and said, look, that enclosure is still a bit small. Can I you start walking them? Small. And I said to Amy, I said, I don't think they're going to walk the pigs. Like, to, At, That's going to be a really bizarre thing for um, next, an Indonesian to do. Next minute, they've made a harness and they're walking the pigs. We're getting videos of the pig being walked <laughs> around their little like kind of backyard jungle area. And we were like, it's, it's just amazing to see the kind of shift that... They like, embrace it. They, like... They've embraced our kind of idea. And... As I said, once we get there in April, we're going to look at some different land that's not going to... We, so basically, the land that we had, the, the next door neighbour, he owns the like driveway or the road. And he it's basically said, road. we can't use it unless we pay him $30,000, which is like completely unaffordable so, for us. So the land, land in Bali is cheap. Land is that, that we had is $3,000 for a 10-year lease. And, and it's perfect. And then obviously, the neighbour who owns the road found out we were foreign. And so... They went back and forth with all these negotiations that took weeks. And then um, Wayan said, our family will pay, so charge us the local price. And they still said no. Um, so now... So we've got a plan B. We've got a plan B. Um, but the best thing is, right now, is our pigs are in a new enclosure. They get hay, they get fresh fruit, they get water, fresh water every day. The baby's getting walked regularly now. They're getting attended to three times a day. They're getting blessed every every time they're taking the offerings around, which they do everywhere in Indonesia. They're taking them to the pigs now, which is unreal. Uh, I think it's really nice. And basically, Wyan told us that he has told his family that the pigs now need to be treated like humans. Mm. And eventually, we'll be able to take them from that new small enclosure to their forever, to their forever larger I, enclosure. I'm just like, I'm really impatient. And I always think about the mum especially because she... It's hard for her to stand. Um, She's a bit crazy. And yeah, and it's just really, it's hard. It's hard to think about, but I don't know. You know, it's better than it's better than nothing. And and once we get that forever home, we can hopefully get some others. And our goal for the forever home is to, um, to try and find enough land that sort of half of it can be uh, the kind of enclosure for the pigs, or maybe we can rescue some other animals like some chickens, perhaps. Um, and then uh, sort of uh, with our own money is actually finance um, maybe a couple of villas or something on there so people can actually go and stay and spend time with the animals yeah. and um, uh, that way we're sort of uh, sort of got sort of uh, something that is constantly funding it through yeah. tour tourism but at the same time giving a forever home for our, for our animals yeah so that's kind of the goal uh, but it's a big uh big task big it's job big and a april can't come and we're building enough. a house and we don't have we don't make millions of dollars so uh <laughs> basically uh anything that we can basically all of our own spare money goes into these kind of things as well so as much as we fund everything from the vegan alliance we still spend so much of our own money on yeah. these kind of things because we love it we love doing this yeah stuff. yeah i wouldn't have it any other way like i can't imagine what what else would we be doing if we weren't doing this We'd just be going out for brunch on a Saturday, and to me, that's just boring. Like, yeah, what doesn't that doesn't really achieve anything? Yeah, it's nice to do once every now and then. It is. So, focus for twenty nineteen is the pigs, um, ramping up the web store a bit. So we have got some nice new designs for people, so we can keep funding our animals back here in Australia. Anything else? 
Um, that's it pretty much. And then for me, kind of separately, it's about setting up Villa Kitty Australia. Which is the next thing you wanted to talk about. Yeah. So mention that a little. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, um, I, I think I posted it. Yeah, I posted it today, I think, um, on Instagram. So essentially, Villa Kitty Bali is run by an Australian woman um, and registered in Bali, but she hasn't been able to register in Australia because there's a whole bunch of um, additional hoops to jump through for the um, you know government application if you are operating offshore. Um, and so we didn't meet any of those criteria. Um, the main one is foreign aid. So some other organisations have been able to register because they've provided um, education or vocational um, upskilling services um, to vets overseas. So we just like we didn't match any of the categories. So what we have had to do is register here on shore as Villa Kitty Australia. Um, so something else we've been doing, we've been doing in our spare time since we've met. Well, Amy started all, she's put in a lot of hard work. I just kind of support her, but she does all the, you've done all the paperwork. No, no. I mean like the cat trapping and stuff we've been doing ever since we met. Well, we've basically, yeah, even before we knew what Villa Kitty was, we've always kind of trapped cats and tried to get them to sex. Um, not always successfully, a couple of successful ones, but yeah. yeah. So we, and we've always just paid for, for that with our own money. So, um. We kind of thought, so at the moment, we've got one stray that we're feeding. We've, we took five out of a hoarding house. Um, a couple of years ago, we trapped one from Port Adelaide, which now lives we, up in Queensland with one of our good friends. <laughs> Hello, Millhouse. Uh, tried to, um, spent weeks trying to trap some cats down by the Port River, which was <laughs> unsuccessful. We trapped two in our apartment building, a mum and a baby. That's correct. Before someone killed one. Um and yeah we've got one we've got some to trap at a primary school now and some to trap at the fodder store so this is all the stuff we were doing anyway so now we've registered that as villa kitty australia which means that we'll be able to fundraise for villa kitty bali and also get uh, tax deductibility so there's there's two stages to registering for a charity the first stage is charity registration, which we've done, which means we get like tax um, benefits. And then the second stage is the DGR status. So that's tax deductibility for donors. So like when you make a donation over $2, you can claim it on what your tax return. What does DGR stand for? I don't know. I don't, I've got no idea. Something to do with donors. Yeah. So I uh, currently am going through that process for DGR, which involves so much work. If anyone has ever done it for an offshore charity, you will know how hard it is. Um, so we have, we have a lawyer, we have an accountant, and then we've got a committee. Um, and it's just about evidencing, like even just to open a bank account, I have to make an appointment with the bank I've got to get um, our constitution and then I have to have all the minutes from our meeting that say the right thing just to open a bank account. And then after I open the bank account, I can do, you know, the next step. And after that, um, I need a business plan, marketing plan. Like, But it's uh, a lot of work, but I guess that what what's the aim of Villa Kitty Australia? What are you trying to like achieve with that so villa kitty australia will fulfill the same aims of villa kitty bali so trapping sterilizing caring for stray and abandoned cats and rehoming um so we'll have a small foster network i've got like a few good friends on board already 
Um, but, but also a big part of it is the fact that people will be able to make tax deductible donations to Villa correct. Kitty um, and be able to claim it within Australia. Correct. Yep. And so we'll be fundraising and um, awareness raising for the plight of the barley cat and also connecting people in Australia with um, with Villa Kitty Bali. So heaps of people message us all the time about traveling there, which is great. And we've started a closed Facebook group called Villa Kitty Australia Supporters. We've got Instagram, it's Villa Kitty Australia. Um, so yeah, that's a whole, a whole lot of work um, that we'll be doing. And it's something obviously that like, the Vegan Alliance is always sort of associated with Villa Kitty because we donate to them, but the Villa Kitty Australia isn't like a Vegan Alliance project. It's its own thing. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. its own thing. I do, it just happens to involve me. Yeah, it's But, yeah, it. it's, it's its whole own thing separate to us. Um, but it's just, I guess, going to take up a lot of my time um, this year. Mm-hmm. But that's all right. Yeah, but I guess sort of that... They're our main focuses for this year, mm. really. That's the, the big things that we're working on. We probably can't take on too much more because in amongst all of this, we still have our own lives to uh, fund and uh, our own jobs. And live. And we've, uh, I, I guess I, I want to talk a little bit about the fact that we were really, really active in the community as far as like going out to all the protests and all the kind of demonstrations and everything for a long, long time. Mm. And in recent sort of months probably in the last six to 12 months it just hasn't been possible i just don't think it's something that we're and also we with the fact that we are now having to to keep kevin safe we've kind of got a few farmers on board to actually help us when we can't be there i don't think we can really be be in the news uh, which you know we used to be on the news and stuff every now and then for spare live export and that kind of stuff and it probably wouldn't go too well if uh, (laughs) the farmers started seeing us on the news no uh they may not want to help us with kevin anymore so it's 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 hard because we're still really passionate people. We want to do all this stuff, but now we've got actual lives that we have to uh, make sure, uh, you know, make sure our animals yeah. stay alive and make sure our animals yeah. are safe. We have to be really careful of what we do. So we just can't really be visible anymore. But it's can't be fine. as visible, yeah. But that's that's how it is, and that's how our kind of pathways change with the vegan alliance. Yeah, and I think I actually enjoy it more anyway because we never really liked that kind of thing. I liked protesting and stuff, but. Just be, you know, being a spokesperson or being on the news or... It's hard because a lot of pressure it, every time you say something, it's recorded and people want to judge you for it. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed doing uh, a lot of like other activism and uh, like Anonymous for the Voiceless and that kind of stuff. But just now, if I was to go out on a Saturday to talk to um, people in the mall about um, animal rights, I'd be neglecting Kevin. Mm, so yeah. it's just the way that things go. And so... I mean, we're, we're at about 40, 45 minutes and um, I don't know this really, don't want to just kind of like drag it on. It's a, we want to sort of keep no. the episode short, sharp and shiny. But Hang on, I'll just check Instagram because I asked uh, if anyone had any questions. Well, let's see if there's any other questions, but just want to send a big shout out to everybody that has supported the Vegan Alliance over the years. I've always realized that, that we've had a pretty loyal group of um, people following us and liking what we do, but it sort of came a little bit more um, apparent when in the last couple of weeks to be honest and uh, we're really really we're really proud of what we've been able to achieve but we're really really thankful because we wouldn't been able to achieve it without the help of everybody and their kind donations so big shout out to everybody that has uh supported the vegan alliance over the years we're gonna just address a couple of things that um, people kind of ask us a bunch and a lot of people actually want to know 
um, common questions we get a bit, a lot of people wanting to start things like the Vegan Alliance, like um, kind of online uh, profiles and uh, sort of organizations and that kind of stuff. And uh, while it is 100% possible and anyone can do it, um, I guess you just need to really sort of, you know, you got to stay dedicated to it. You've got to be committed to uh, the course because these kind of things can kind of take over your life, just like we've kind of realized. And some that's, you know, at times it's a little bit stressful, and hence the reason why sometimes we've wanted to pack it all in, but we don't because we we care about what we do, and it's mm. uh, it's giving us a real platform to be able to help animals directly like we said yeah i Um, think just um have a clear message and stay consistent and and focused um and open to criticism but at the same time if people are being negative and nasty just just block them we do get uh, we do get a lot of criticism and and sometimes we'll engage with people if they're willing to have a reasonable conversation because there are some people sometimes you get messages and they're people saying what about this we absolutely don't mind responding with a intelligent um, valid pleasant answer for somebody yeah it's nice um and sometimes you and i disagree we've spoken about this before heaps like we don't have the same point of view on every situation and i think it's important to be open to that kind of normal healthy professional adult conversation so there's lots of things me and amy don't agree on like there's different forms of activism that i like to do and amy doesn't like to do or even if we don't do it we just don't both see eye to eye on it but that's just how it is and not everyone needs to agree and not everyone's perfect and not every way is right and the the also be opening to uh, open to change like if you how we were four years ago isn't how we are now with how we approach things and just look forward and keep keep on trying i guess yeah it's uh it's 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 not an easy sort of community to navigate sometimes because there can be a lot of negativity and there's a lot of expectation on people to be perfect and everything has to be perfect and if it's not i mean we're um definitely not opposed to sort of all forms of oppression we are um, against mm. but um, there sometimes that can get kind of uh, intertwined with a lot of um, stuff to do with animal rights and can get a little bit confusing um, and at times I think uh, people don't like the you're not feminist if you're not vegan quote <laughs> yeah sometimes you know we, 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 and, and the thing is sometimes we'll say stuff and it might not necessarily resonate with everybody but that's okay because we're happy for you to criticize and yeah. but have an intelligent that, conversation about yeah. it but um it's it's also and one other thing I wanted to I guess on that is about being perfect is there's there's been a lot of there's been a massive boom in veganism in the last in the last six months especially mm. it has gone crazy you've got hungry jacks bringing out all this stuff you've mm. got vegan magnums vegan cornettos um, every brand and big company ever is bringing out vegan options yeah. everywhere you go now it says vegan 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 everywhere finally and there is a lot of criticism and I talked about this in the vegan festival which I wouldn't have talked about on a podcast before about how uh, yeah you might not support hungry jacks you might not like what they do you might not want to give them your money but it's still a great option it's still great that they are getting behind the vegan movement even if it's just for cash because at the end Mm. of the day that's going to help more people transition to a vegan diet and with like vegan magnets for instance um there's kind of some uh, things floating around about them having palm oil in them and it's we were talking about it today it is a bit of a catch-22 because as much as we don't support palm oil it's kind of like these big companies are getting on board so do we support the product so they can continue to make more vegan products Mm. um because 
palm oil in it in the, i guess in its kind of raw sense in the actual product itself you know it's not an animal product you're consuming mm. it's just coming from an unethical source so do we keep con- supporting those brands and those companies that are bringing out these vegan options or do we knock them down for not being perfect now you might not want to buy it you might not want to eat it and that's totally understandable but you the fact that they're there yeah. and they're nearly they're nearly perfect they're not quite there yeah. it's still a, a massive leap and forward from where we were they're giving people uh, an entry point into veganism and I think that's the main thing like people ask me about makeup for example um, I don't buy makeup from companies who are owned by a parent company that's not cruelty free. So as an example, I don't buy um, NYX because NYX is a, or NYX, however you say it, is cruelty free, but they're owned by a company that isn't. So, and same with Too Faced um, and, and other um, Urban Decay and other brands. And I used to buy them but I've decided now not to. But when somebody asks me about a, an option, a, a new vegan especially, I'll tell them about that and and I won't judge them and I'll support them to buy those options if they want to. Like, it, it's not, you can't expect someone to go from zero to 100 overnight. And I think the fact that they're vegan and you know cruelty-free and trying really really says a lot because nobody's perfect you know we 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 shop at the supermarket and i say that to people and they're like it's not the same thing well it actually is if you're supporting a massive supermarket chain who has their own butcher who has their own uh, meat brand they have their own dairy like it's the same thing so unless you're going to avoid everything you can't judge and throw stones at others and we have to make this um accessible to and and not scary to to new people yeah so even even if something's like um a hundred percent vegan but then it's owned or sold by a company that isn't vegan like magnum's um, owned by unilever yeah and you what we've actually if you look around nearly everything is owned by some big parent company which isn't ethical but I think with the way veganism is going is the more these companies, one, catch on to the fact that veganism is booming so they bring out some vegan products and then two, they start realizing how vegans don't want to support that because they don't mm. like what else they do. That, that's only going to change in time. So whether you support it or not, whether you actually directly pay for those products or not, the fact that they're there and it's changing is the important thing that we need to remember. So um, uh, make your own decision on that. But yeah. That's kind of where we're at on it. Um, because it is a lot of the time it's a catch yeah. too and it's a moral dilemma that we all have sometimes it's like well do I buy it or yeah. do I don't buy it because and it's, it's a, vegan but it's yeah. kind of not but and, and like, it's, about, it's about doing your best because yeah. with my makeup I choose to avoid those companies but with my food I know I don't because it's too hard because we eat together so I mean like we mostly buy fruit and veg and tofu but with <coughs> you know which is, which is the company owned by Tyson Foods a bit Tofurky Gardein. So oh, Gardein is owned by Tyson Food, the biggest uh, meat producer in the United States. So we buy that. <laughs> but we buy so that. But um, uh, and we were talking today also about Impossible Burger, how they tested yeah. uh, um, some of the one of the ingredients on rats, and we were kind of like, we posted we... that today. But well, we were talking about would we not support it? Well, we've never had Impossible Burger, but would we not support it based on that? And I thought uh, I'm uh, not 100 percent sure. I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't buy it. But. And, and that's that's totally fine because a lot of people that would be exactly the same yeah. as you. But I think for me, I'm kind of like, oh, so if I don't support it, that means that that company, which has probably got the most potential to change people's minds out of any company that's out there at the moment because yeah. it's so realistic. Yeah. Um, if I don't support it, and, and then everyone else doesn't support it, then it doesn't succeed. Then it folds. Then yeah. it folds. And that's then people kind of just shit. And me. it's hard because I don't want to support animal testing, but for... Uh, we were kind of saying, does the, the amount of animals that that company could potentially save by yeah. the, by transforming our people into vegans yeah. and, um, and non-meat so meat products um, could outweigh the fact that a few other animals um, mm. suffered uh, at the same time? Well, so I'm, look, not, I'm not condoning it, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's kind of... I mean, maybe we could ask the question, what do you guys think? But if you look at it this way, I just thought of this analogy. If you went to a slaughterhouse and there were two cows... And the person there said, you can save one, but you can't save both. You can take one, but not the other. Are you going to say, no, that's not fair, so they can both die? Or yeah. are you going to take one? Which is essentially the same. I mean, no company's perfect. And I guess, you know, uh, there's some things we have to... There's some things that have to be done in order for the greater good. So if you kind of think at the big picture of how many animals can potentially be saved, you can kind of see past... Uh, those other things as much and as those lives mattered yeah. the same as everybody else's which is exactly it's the, hard. It's, it, hard. it's hard i'm still confused by it I, I know but it's also that meat eater argument of vegans aren't vegan anyway because of all the rodents that die and birds during the harvesting of crops so sure we know that's true but we're doing our best and this is kind of the same thing like everything we buy every fruit every vegetable has some every impact nut, on an animal still yeah yeah, the land is clear. If you just take it back to the very beginning, the land is cleared mm. for crops, obviously, like so much less than in animal agriculture. But it, because we, we because we stuffed it up from the beginning, like we stuffed up Earth, living life, the planet from the very beginning. So now we're just trying to do our best. But the, and, and the point of this, this whole kind of conversation is that it's, things are changing support what you want to support but don't knock things without actually considering the potential they have to actually um help animals because imagine imagine if you were a non-vegan and you're someone who was trying and you're part of these vegan groups and you see all of that kind of really really um complex kind of um it gets confusing to people yeah judgy conversation i'm not saying like you know don't be you know be soft Question about things, it but, but yeah but just mindful. yeah be supportive of others because i know that when people contact us um i'm, I'm super mindful about how i respond because i don't want to put them off um but also i wanted to talk a bit about unveganing that is something we are completely against and if you are not vegan now you never were and i don't think it's judgmental to say that and i don't think that in the year 2019 in australia there is any reason to unvegan there's no like we all know that we all know that there's a heap of health benefits we all know that it helps animals. There's we, a million and one alternatives and substitutes. You can get everything you ever needed from plants. And we've both been in difficult situations and we'd rather starve and get unhealthy than eat. Which we won't. No. We won't but starve like, and we won't get unhealthy. But if that was the case, we yeah, don't want I mean, to eat ha- animal flesh regardless. Yeah. Or eggs or, you know, byproducts. And there's just no excuse. 
So, uh, it kind of brings us to the end, yeah. I'd say. Just yeah. that was a nice little way to wrap it up. Um, I think we'll continue doing these podcasts. Uh, probably, you know, not mm. as often as we once did them, but no, just once I, we've got a little bit of content, something to talk about where we could fill an hour like we just yeah, did then. Yeah, um, we'll give it a go. And if you've got anything you want us to talk about, I don't even know. That's probably a bit the best way to get us motivated to do more yeah. podcasts is actually give us some content. Yeah. Because until we've Otherwise got the content, better... we don't want to. We don't want to just talk no. every week about random stuff because no. it gets boring. It does. I, and I did do one. I think I posted like a couple of months ago that I was going to do one by myself because you were really busy and I did record it but then I just never ended up posting it because I um, just felt yeah it was just like lacking um... but this yeah but this one kind of made sense because we were yeah. driving home from Kevin today and we're like we've got lots to talk about let's do a podcast and we're just really grateful for um, everyone who knows us or um, doesn't know us but just follows us online and supports us and realises that because you're not actually supporting us you're supporting the yeah, animals yeah yeah yeah, exactly. Um, and so, and you've allowed us to bring some happiness to uh, a few individuals' lives. So, you know, we, we can't save the world, but we've definitely been able to save a few lives. So we're pretty happy about that. So thank you so much for thank you. your support. Um, until next time, uh, stay vegan and we'll see you soon. Stay vegan.